It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. We're here on Friday, December 3rd? 3rd. Yes. Okay. Yes. We are now in December. Um, I hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving. Of course, I forgot to wish everyone that because when I say... When I go to just wish somebody a happy something or other, the first word that pops out of my mouth after happy is Halloween. Yes, this is true. This it's happened. not where I saw that going. <laughs> I mean, it should have been now that I think about it because it's you, but still. Yep, yep, yep. So basically, if you want me to wish you a happy anything, like, it's going to be happy Halloween. It's always going to be happy Halloween. Sorry. Uh, I mean, right, right now we're in the middle of Hanukkah, and I want to say happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> just 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 yiddish up that um uh, that, that all saints day there yep <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey i got married on the the witching night so the day of the witching night valpurgis knocked so i don't know it all fits it all works anyway we are literally in the middle of hanukkah if you wanted to know and i did not purposely play that up and Hanukkah is very very early this year so I I'm very very confused but anyway that's not the point the point is we're here I'm here I am VA I'm here with Jeff hello hello and Tim hello there and Nick is taking some well-needed time for self-care right now so also working and we're and he is working because we're doing this during the day I mean we usually record during the day, but not during the day on Fridays. This is a, a special episode in the respect that last Sunday we decided, eh, I don't really feel like talking about the Bruins because we were going to say the exact same things with a couple of exceptions, but the exact same things about the Bruins team. The two exceptions that we might have made was, um, well, I don't know. I Tim, I don't know if you happened to listen, but it was a wild ride last time in the respect that Jeff was firing Je- uh, Bruce Cassidy all over the place. And I said, I didn't want to Rask back. And I've taken that back. I want to Rask back. <laughs> yes. Emphatic. Yes. <laughs> I-, I want to back like tomorrow. I want him. I I'm you know what? I need a little time to not have to defend him. But now I'm back. I- I'm OK. I'm ready. Let's I know what Tuka is. I, I don't want the mystery of our goaltending anymore. <laughs> I mean, at this point, I'm done finding out what, what, what Ulmark is. I think we know at this point. Are you saying we fucked around and found out? <laughs> <laughs> Remember how fun that was when people on the, online were listing him as a dark roast Vezina candidate before the season? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it could still happen. <laughs> Uh, Tim, have you been drinking already? <laughs> I have not. He's he's high on life and caffeine, so. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I did just get my coffee. Yeah, <laughs> I was right <laughs> about part of it. Anyway, but anyway, last time we were firing Bruce Cassidy, which who knows? I mean, we'll talk about Bruce Cassidy in a little while. Not about that, but you know. 
Um, and uh, we want Tuca back. I don't can't believe I was so dumb to say that last time. Oh man! But anyway, that Age was about like the... milk. Oh yeah. So <laughs> that's probably about the only thing that would have been different. That one thing would have been very very different uh, because uh, the Bruins basically. You know, we were talking about this before. What would we say about the games, especially the games that we were supposed to watch, which, um, <laughs> spoiler alert, I didn't watch the Calgary game. <laughs> I mean, I didn't watch the Habs game, but that wasn't real. I didn't have a lot of say in that fucking sports net. <laughs> Wait. If they do get Tuca back, the wrong goalie is going to go away. You know what? I want Jerry's, Jeremy Swayman to have success without being burnout. And I feel like if we keep playing him in this way, we might do more damage than good. That's fair. Yeah, That's... I was going to like, if it's the backup, I think like Omar could probably handle being backup well. So why not just, you know, send, send Swayman, Swayman to Providence and marinate a bit more? Yeah, it, this isn't going to hurt Swayman. It's not going to hurt his confidence. That that kid is confident. But I don't want him to turn into uh, a Carter Hart. I, I don't I mean, want... Carter Hart seems to have gone back to being old Carter Hart again, but... I'd it took him not, a while. I would rather not have a season like... Uh, watch Swayman have a season like Hart had last year. No, no. Swayman, we, Swayman has such a bright future. Let's, you know, uh, let's enjoy him now. Let's let's let him go back and marinate a little bit more, and then maybe let's take him back next year and take a look. Um, but I'm just saying, or call, you know, call him up when you need to, obviously. But I'm just saying, I don't want him to be mismanaged. I I just feel like there there might have been enough of that already uh, in this with this team. But anyway, okay. So Jeff, I'm going to just tell you about the Habs game. Ready? Is it fun? to kick a Habs team that is so down. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. That's all you need to know about that game. That's they, it. They guys, it's like they don't need teeth. You need to keep kicking. <laughs> yep. 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 Just just kick them. Kick them when they're down because it's fun to do that to the Habs. That's all you need to know about that game. Bruins won 4-1. to one. Okay. 5-2 five, five, according to uh, the schedule well, I have. 4-1 to one in my head, but... Okay, so it was 5-2. It doesn't matter what the score was. They kicked the crap out of the... the that was the game that the Charlies did all the scoring, right? Yes, I think so. Kick the ha- kick them. Kick them, kick them, kick them. The, and- the Charlies and Taylor, who was like, hey, I'm Charlie for a day. <laughs> yeah, my name's Today Charlie. I am Charlie Hall. <laughs> yeah, his was like an empty netter, right? Yes. Okay, well, we don't need to linger on this. It was fun to watch them get kicked while they were down. As for Calgary, well, guess what? You the traded Dan Vladash. Good for him. It's nice. And he has a team in front of him that's doing really well and allowed him to have a shutout. And just goes into this team doesn't beat good teams. The end. Yep. There you go. That's <laughs> all you need to know. That's it. <laughs> We don't need to linger on this. We know this. This is this is the team we know. We know that they they have a hard time beating good teams. They has now sometimes have a, a hard time beating bad teams like Detroit. Again, sometimes you just have a game like that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not going to talk too much about that because it was like forty shots on goal and one goal. 
That's it. That's all you need to know about that one, too. Yeah, it's, just, just Nedeljkovic just like, you know, nah, guys, you're not going to do the thing. Sorry. And and that was really the, the story of the game. Yep. And you know what? You're not going to win against the Rangers if their goalie is pretty hot and you don't score more than two goals. And yeah, and then Shostorkin yeah. is, is approximately solar in terms of his, his temperature right now. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't help, like, collapsing completely in the third period. Like, giving up 75 goals in the third period probably isn't a good idea. Nope. Nope. I mean, like, and again, on the flip side, they did beat the teams they're supposed to in the last two weeks, along with two teams that are, like, functional at least. Right? Three weeks, I guess. They beat the Habs. They beat they, they beat Vancouver. They beat Buffalo. You expect all of those things. They beat the Flyers, and they beat, and they beat the Preds, who are competent but not good teams hey the the preds are like a mirror image of this team it's not exact they're similar but it's not exact you know and it's just as you pointed out this morning you've got a few players on each team dragging the team into you know into winning form kind I mean, of no one could have expected that matt Deshane would be one of the ones doing this for the amount for the preds but good for the nope. preds i guess you know getting some value out of that contract oh god at, at least we don't have those stupid smashville jerseys <laughs> i kind of liked it <laughs> i i i don't mind it i love the joke that came from it though of, you know about <laughs> you know what I'm gonna do to your mom, <laughs> where I'm taking your mom. <laughs> Smashville and the Cream City Bucks jerseys. Yep. Yes. <laughs> you could even you could even throw the Sacramento Kings Sacktown jerseys in there too. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I would not mind them if Smashville wasn't so prevalent. It is just like wham. So I read a, a summary of that, and there's a reason they used that font and structure. And it's a, 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 a tribute to, I guess, a certain style of playbill that was used in Nashville historically for in in, 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 in like old country music days. Like the Grand Ole Opry and stuff? Yeah. Okay. All right. Which is like that justification. Like, okay, you know what? That sold, that sold me on one of the few things I had reservations about here. You, you know, <laughs> I think when the when – the th- uh, <laughs> The sad things about when I went to Nashville was I uh, there really wasn't um, a Grand Ole Opry show that was happening when ah. I was down there uh, because I would have gone because it was just like even though I'm not a big country person I I want to experience that. I mean, and like Grand Ole Opry is like old country, you know, before it before it just became grunting beer grr, trucks. Right, just what country is now? Um. <laughs> right, right. I mean, there's a lot of prestige. I mean, th- so they have some of them at the original Opry stage, and then they have some at the Ryman uh, Auditorium. I might have that mixed up, but anyway, there were no shows that were happening when I was down there, so it was a little sad. Um, but next time, I'll try to plan around that so that I can, you know, uh, uh, see a show because that would be fun. I mean, Nashville. You know, I got to tell you, I I was only there for a couple of days. There's more to explore. I mean, you always hear from the national writers. It's one of their favorite cities to go to. It's a fun town. And you know what? I got to <laughs> tell you, the one the one bar we went into on a Saturday night during football season, college football season, we asked them to put on a Preds game, and they did. Interesting. It probably helps that the University of Tennessee is very, very bad. But... 
I mean, you know, so, so I'm just Speaking saying. of Tennessee and football, something really stupid. The guy on the radio here said a few weeks ago, he's, you know, they, they constantly talk about his fantasy football team. It's like, no one wants to hear about your fantasy football team, dude. <laughs> and like, they were talking about how his, his favorite team was the Texans. And the dumb fuck said they used to be the Oilers. I'm like, no, they were never the Oilers. The, Oilers, the Titans used to be the Oilers. <laughs> yep. You're right. They're, the Texans right. are an expansion team. Fuck. <laughs> Jeff, who knows very little about football, knows that. It's true. Well, no. it's just like the old Jets versus new Jets thing and the, the willful the, the, the willful refusal of Canadian media to acknowledge that these are that these old Jets were the thrashers. That the new Jets were the thrashers, not the old Jets. Right. I mean, you I know, know the Browns one of the worst for it and it really pisses me off. <laughs> you know, the, the Cleveland Browns right now, they uh when uh, Art Modell decided to move the Browns franchise to Baltimore, they Cleveland retained the name and the records. Um, so basically it's supposed, there's like, there's a period of time where there were no Cleveland Browns, but that's okay. (laughs) I mean, they lost that deal like twice. Not only do they lose the team, but they have to keep the records and the team name. My God. (laughs) Oh man. I saw a commercial the other day with Bernie Kosar and I did not recognize him. Bernie Kosar and, and Baker Mayfield. And I was like, What? That doesn't look like Bernie. He just looks like an old guy now. Oh, well. Anyway, aside from that. um, Yeah, so last night's game, great win. We d- learned very little from it. It's okay. We're not here. We are not here to really focus on the games this week, guys, because a lot of stuff happened earlier and continues to happen for the Boston Bruins. The Cliffs notes is um uh, the Bruins are currently looking for places to stick the fire. Should it go with the other fire? They don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they are currently trying to put out the fire by vacuuming it, and it's not working. Oh my god! I that you used that that gift, and I was like, oh my god, that's like one of my favorite scenes from one of my favorite episodes of the IT Crowd. Oh man, I love me some Maurice Moss. Sorry. <laughs> anyway um okay yeah so what happened was this as 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 i was saying to you before on monday i was writing up about the other stuff that was happening in the nhl because oh boy there was like a lot of stuff and it was like a compare and contrast like look at us we are normal and event free and all of that stuff and look at the Look at the Habs! Like they've got this Bergevin issue that no longer is an issue because he he got his ass fired. And then you know, oh Evander Kane and whatever the fuck he's doing and that mess. It's like okay, there's that. And then of course, in the middle of that was the whole Brady Kachuk um, being bitten by Brandon Lemieux. Fine <laughs> for Lemieux. biting. That's wild. <laughs> So all of that stuff was happening and I'm like, wow, let's talk about how the Bruins are a relative calm and this this like NHL storm. And then the Brad, the Brad Marchand suspension comes down I'm like, uh oh, then the uh, the word of Jake DeBrusque's wanting to be traded came down I'm like, uh oh, and then Bruce Cassidy then becomes uh, infected, I guess, presumably with COVID-19. And he, he apparently has mild symptoms. Protocol. So, yes, like it's not just a positive test. And then Providence COVID joined teams up with Providence Bruins to be all, Leroy Jenkins! 
<laughs> so that's what we're gonna focus on today i don't yeah. care how long this show goes or whatever we're just gonna talk about that stuff because to me <laughs> all of that's more interesting and i wonder if i went with this idea of like the nhl is like all of this shit's happening and then the bruins going wait hold my beer <laughs> and then doing like everything they did absolutely everything and to the point where if someone gets hurt they can't call people up right now like they're just like oh shit out of luck well there's I mean, things like they already had injuries they had the suspension and now Zaboral's hurt which means that our the only player available in any capacity to get called up besides Callum Booth is now going to be into the roster which means there are no spares is Clifton has to play, fill in for Zaboral tomorrow, presumably. The next fallback, if a forward gets hurt, what they need to do is either sign someone, a forward playing for their ECHL team, or do the rare junior emergency call-up from junior and bring in Lysel. Oh, my God. <laughs> Those are rare. I can only think of like two or three players that have had that happen in the time I've been watching hockey. I mean, you might as well just do both of those things. Well, I no, mean... well, well so, so, so the point is you can only call up the player from junior. You have absolutely no other recourse, which means if they lose a forward going into tomorrow, then they pretty much have to call up Lysel. I, I don't want them to lose a forward, but I want them to have to call up Lysel just because it would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> now... Does that Zamboni driver David Ayers um, play forward? <laughs> I, think that stuff, I think stuff like that only applies to the e-bug situation. I know, I know. I was just, I was kidding. I, was I know, kidding. I know. But like, plus this team's e-bug is, is, is goalie Bob. Obviously. I know! It's so great! I love it! He looks so like, not happy to be there. Yet absolutely normal, giving the exact same face he gives all the time. <laughs> Wait, didn't Chris Kelly also get COVID in all of this too? I or was no he idea. just a close contact? Because he's not with he wasn't with the team. Because that's what I thought I saw. Well, I mean, now is he, he doesn't really not with spend, the team? He's not usually behind the bench anyway. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Three weeks ago, on. there was that weird thing where they like healthy scratched Kevin Dean and had Kelly behind the bench. I mean, healthy scratch. Basically, Kevin Dean got sent to the raft. He got sent to the uh, to watch from the ninth floor, which is interesting in its own right. It's like you can healthy scratch a coach. Weird. So when is Bruce Cassidy going to healthy scratch himself and put himself up there? I mean, <laughs> kind of already did. Like, I mean, he got COVID. So well, like, honestly, healthy scratch. In, honestly, like the in-game play management was noticeably different with Sacco running the, the team the last two games. Um, yeah, um, I didn't notice any, bl I did not notice any blundering other than what he did before the game where he was like, Hey, I'm going to put Howla and Smith on that, that, uh, that starting line. Uh, oh, I mean, uh, that's, the because, line. That, that's because they're the, the, the former Preds on the team. I right? know, I know, I know. And, and both of them had great games. Yeah. I mean, Howla was pretty snake, snake bit, both a post and a crossbar, <laughs> but but he's just season, though. Yeah, loosen your grip on the stick, buddy. But anyway, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, 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 let's try it again. Typically, Chris Kelly is up in the uh, you know on the ninth floor in the press box watching. 
for whatever reason, that's what they've decided to do. They did that with Kevin Dean. Um, And actually, it's important to note that most of the time he's only spending two periods up there and he'll spend a period down on the bench. Okay. And like they always have a coach that stays up top. Like, you know, back in the old days, um, uh, uh, Doug Jarvis was always uh, was always upstairs. He was never behind the bench. (laughs) I always forgot about him because he was never they would talk to him during the intermissions, but you'd never see him on the bench. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, and and that's fine. You need somebody who's seeing the game from a different angle um, because well, that's the thing. Yeah. You need him available. You need someone who's watching from up there to comment on intermissions, like, "Hey, guys, this is what you're doing wrong." Right. Or more importantly, tell the other coaches, like, you need to get the players to not do this because this doesn't look good. <laughs> right. All right, so Tim, tell us about what happened with the the Providence Bruins, um, and then we'll go into Bruce Cassidy from there. Well, um, as it is with the AHL, they have a lot of bus rides and a lot of close contact, and they had a bunch of people test positive one day, and then the next day they had even more people test positive, and they have double-digit at this point uh, people test positive for COVID when – which is not good. Um, they haven't really said much about like how it happened or why it like, or any blame on anyone like that. But part of me just thinks that someone did something they shouldn't have. And then this kind of happened. And then because the, I guess there were multiple teams that they played that also had a bunch of people test positive. I think Bridgeport did. And I want to say Hershey did too. Maybe I it heard was... something about Springfield. Springfield could have been it. It was, there was, there was two teams that test that had a bunch of people that tested positive as well. So, um, they shut down their games for this weekend. Uh, they were rescheduled. Uh, one of them's rescheduled for like December 15th. One's rescheduled for like January 6th. And the other one is in April sometime. So the one getting rescheduled for December 15th makes me believe that they hope they're back next week, but who knows? I mean, a December 15th reschedule puts outside all of the um, uh, the, uh, the the quarantine um, uh, rule timelines, which is why they assume they can do that safely, right? But that right, all depends. But... Like a lot of more than a few of them are apparently mild. It's it's a mix of of um, uh, mild symptoms and asymptomatic, I guess. Um, they're all vaccinated, so the risk of long COVID isn't high. Fortunately, even for those that are symptomatic. Yep. Yeah, but, uh, and the coaching staff. I, I believe they said the, the entire team and the entire coaching staff is vaccinated, so everyone there is, which is a good thing. That's that's kind of that's kind of what you, if you're going to have an outbreak, you want that at least. Right. right. There's still a significant part of the uh, population uh, at large that is not vaccinated and that is able to catch and spread. And, you know, we, we also know that people who catch COVID, even if they're vaccinated, can spread it in some way. That's why we have the, the quarantine. So, you know, COVID is still just just being an asshole, basically. Yeah, it's still pretty. I mean, even in Maine, we're still getting a thousand new cases a day. Uh, yeah, I have no idea what it's like around here. I do know that I did schedule my booster. So 
not for when I wanted it, but I got an appointment. uh, So that's good. But get your boosters, everybody. Get it vaccinated. Get your boosters. Uh, It's going to be it's going to be winter very soon. Uh, And it's supposed to get worse. So, wow, that is a lot. Uh, So that explains why we can't call anybody up. So, yeah, they're on lockdown completely. We can't call anyone up from there at all. So duct tape people together. (laughs) Say your prayers. Hope for the best. (laughs) Maybe sacrifice (laughs) something on an altar. Because the choices are Callum Booth, um, a skater, or, or or, or calling up Fabian Lysel from Junior. I mean, cone and chair may actually happen. (laughs) Goat and broom, what? (laughs) Yeah, the goat and broom. (laughs) Oh, because there's the other thing about calling up Lysel is like, um, we're in the run up to um, uh, World Juniors and stuff too, right? So like, an emergency call up could imperil his ability to play for that too, which would be uncool for for him and for Sweden. Yeah, but who cares? Happy. Screw them both. Get over here. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we still have we still, we still have a full plate of, of twelve forwards, and and I thought this was interesting is when we saw the lines is like we somehow managed to also have like the right combination of positions and handedness. <laughs> all right, all works out. I mean, now remember, Nick Felino can play all position, all three positions on a line. That is handy. That is very handy like to have a utility guy like that. Bruce Cassidy obviously is out. We've we've made mention of that. Ace, uh, he's got some symptoms, so he has it. You know, his family reportedly is doing well. We don't really know when he'll be back. Uh, so right now it's Joe Sacco who's taking over, who, as we pointed out, has a different style of things. And that's that's interesting to take a look at, especially since Jeff wants to fire Bruce Cassidy, like, all the time. <laughs> Jay Leach coming back to the East Coast sooner than we thought. Who? What? I'm sorry. I said Jay Leach coming back to the uh, East Coast sooner than no, we thought. No, you don't. Get, you don't get hired from other team staff, staffs midseason, man. This is not how that goes. <laughs> no. So so anyway, I'm only kidding with Jeff. Uh, but but seriously, the the team responded last night, so something good happened. And again, they didn't play badly against Detroit. It was just one of those fucking games. Yeah, so so it, the team is in good hands? Question mark. I mean, he's got he's got NHL level head coach some uh, right um, experience. I mean, his his win loss record in in the with the Avs wasn't good, but like he also coached through that dark period for, through through the dark post Sackic pre McKinnon era. era. Mm, <laughs> yeah, that's gonna suck. So, yeah, so so that, you know, all all of that stuff this week being so affected by COVID really sucks. Let's talk about Brad Marchand and the phantom slew foot. <laughs> OK, I do remember watching the game and going, huh, that looks like a slew foot. But then Jack and Brick asserted and they both have more hockey knowledge than I do, I, I think. Uh, definitely brick he he asserted that was a a good hit it was fine ekman larson looked like he was on his way down anyway so it's like he and there was no harm in this whatever happened there i thought oh it looks like it could be slew foot oh my eyes must be playing tricks on me because nobody said anything on the broadcast and no one called it in the game no one called it in the game 
No one called it in the game. Mm-hmm. It wasn't called in game, apparently. So, uh, no, no. Apparently, none of the refs felt the urge to call it in the game for a penalty. You know, so. Um, but that doesn't mean that NHL Dops didn't decide they wanted to do something with it after. So, uh, Brad Marchand got suspended for three games. Now, I wonder if it had been called in game if you would still get three games. I mean, honestly, if it was literally anyone else, literally anyone else, that's fine. P.K. Subban has done it three times this season. And he's actually connected for as opposed to being attempted slowfoots, which is what I would call that. Because, again, all we all was going was ending up ass on the ice no matter what Brad did at that point. I don't <laughs> even think that Brad attempted to do that. I just feel like the his body just went in a certain way and it looks like he tried to do something or I mean, it looks, it, it looks like a slew foot more than it actually was one. But anyway, three games suspended for three games. And it's a gut punch because you're just sitting there. You're like, Oh, great. Um, so you decided that we didn't need our best player for three games because of something that was relatively inconsequential and could have been handled by a fine. Um, because I said, P.K. Subban has done it three times this season and only been fined each time. And the Kevin LeBanc one was really blatant, too. And that was also only a fine. You know you know that I, I love P.K. Subban, the person. You know I love him. But the player, he gets on my nerves sometimes. And I honestly think, I, I don't understand why he's he didn't get supplemental after the first slew foot. First is a fine. He does it again. Eh, he needs some some different discipline there. Oh, God. Okay, so, and Brad, I know this doesn't mean very much, but Brad had not actually been fined or suspended since January of 2018. Now, this is important to note, because I've seen this brought up a lot. That does not inform eligibility for suspension. You are still considered a repeat offender. The statute of limitations only relates to how the fi- how the, um, uh, the the financial penalty is calculated. See, I didn't know that. I thought it was both. I, you know what? I'm going to tell you. I honestly just don't understand their formula. But okay, fine, whatever. Three games, three games, three games. It's it's funny to hear our perspective about it, and then going to outside fans because. As you guys know, I talk to many Tampa Bay Lightning fans because of my Buccaneers fandom. And I'm in a Discord with a bunch of them, and we all talk about all sports. And, man, talking to them, you would have thought Brad Marchand literally broke his stick in half, stabbed the guy in the face, and then danced over him at seeing that play. I was like, holy cow. Like, it's not that bad. And everyone was like... Everyone, every single one of them. Oh, you're biased. Well, you're kind of biased against right now because it really wasn't that bad. Like, it, I don't know. It, it's it's if the outside perspective is that he definitely killed a man on the ice. If they didn't notice it, if if the the officials didn't notice it on the ice, if the people watching the game for a living are like, ah, oh, it's just normal. That's fine. Whatever. Um, and basically no injury happened here. Nothing bad happened. 
Okay? And you guys act like he killed someone. Really. It's unbelievable to me. You know what? Every fucking person who complains about Brad Marchand would love to have him on their team. Do not make any mistake about that. 110%. He gets under people's skin, yes. And he got under Ekman Larson's skin, well, I guess starting at that moment for the rest of the game. It was actually kind of humorous to watch it. Um, But, you know, he didn't deserve three games for that. You know, fine. You want to give him a game for it? Okay, whatever. Brad, you did something wrong. Don't do it again. But three games is just, it's just too much. I, I really, you know, I, I can't stand Dops and, and how they do things because, you know, some players get away with fucking everything. Yeah, I mean, they're still under policing headshots and boarding and all these things. And what about cross-checking, which they were like, oh, we're really going to force uh, enforce that one. They did for like three games. And that was it. You know, and last night they made a lot of a lot about how the Preds were focusing a lot of their uh, their tactics on on Patrice Bergeron, like hitting him, like hitting him in the nose, hitting him in all these other places. And, you know, the, the, the broadcast crew after was just kind of like, well, you know, I can't believe that the team let uh, the other team take liberties with them. And I'm like, that was a fragile game last night in the respect of like penalties. The Bruins didn't have many penalties, if any, really. I can't remember. But you know what? That game was was going to be lost on stupid shit. You know. Also, the Bruins can't afford to do anything stupid because they can't call anybody up if someone else is suspended. Good point. <laughs> Good point. I didn't even think about that. So it's like, I don't like seeing that. But I also know that Bergeron is like man enough to take care of things on his own, too. So... You know, I don't I, I don't like that, but I I have a feeling that the message was, guys, we can't afford this right now. So. Uh, yeah. So anyway. um, You know, despite the fact that Brad Marchand's been gone for two games, teams looked. All right. It'll be good to have him back. And of course, he comes back for the next Vancouver game. That's going to be fun. Oh, great. I, I would point out that there is some things that we've learned about this team in the process. Okay. Um, one, Taylor Hall has looked a lot better playing with better line mates. Now, I'm not saying that you should break up Brad and, Brad and Patrice because you should never do that. <gasps> but maybe swap Pasta and Smith. At least give Hall a better right wing. Okay. Smith's a player that would work well with uh, with Brad and Patrice, and let's face it, um, anyone who's right-handed and can skate would work would work reasonably well with with Brad and Patrice. Even like Brett Connolly wasn't a calamity there. <laughs> I know Brett uh, Brett Con uh, dog years and Riley <laughs> Smith were both not calamities there. This is true, but <laughs> they could not elevate themselves to that level consistently. So. But like the thing with the thing with with Craig Smith is if you give him the, the line mates, he might actually do it. Okay, it's true. We, <laughs> it'll piss off Ben to no end. But uh, Ben hates himself from Craig Smith. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I did not realize that. I get, I have not talked to, to him about Craig Smith. I just remember I brought up the subject of. He tried. He, he yelled at me for considering him a legit second line winger. I'm like, dude, um, if someone's scoring 20 goals, they're a second liner, and he does that like clockwork. <laughs>
Also, look, you're only asking a guy to be your sixth best winger. Like, how good do you expect your sixth best your, your sixth best forward? How good do you expect your sixth best forward to be? Fuck. <laughs> I just remember bringing up the idea that the Bruins missed Krejci just a couple of games in, and he was like, "I don't want to hear it." Ah! And I'm like, "Okay, I I don't think I want to get into this right now. I don't want to be yelled at at a hockey game." Thank you. You know what? While we're talking about left wings. Let's talk about maybe the biggest story of the week. I mean, I you can smell this one. You can smell this one coming on the wind for ages. And apparently it's been quietly going on since in the summer. At least. Did we not expect Jake to be uh, Jake DeBrusque to be moved during the summer? Yeah, we thought he would be. I think I we all never- agreed on that. Once he was scratched in the playoffs and then once they re-signed Hall, regardless of what they did with Nick Ritchie, which incidentally, holy shit, that looks like that was the right call, letting, letting Ritchie walk. He's been so bad for for Toronto. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, this is the only scenario way this ever was going to play out. Exactly. The fact that the team let it get to the point where he's publicly asking. It's on the team. That's a, that's a fuck up. Yeah, it is. It, like, the players quietly asking for a trade. You get that done. I understand they wanted him to ju- wanted to play well and juices and juices value or or get happy. But how often does that ever work? Zero times out of ten. So it, it was his agent who actually told the guy from TSN, right? I think uh, so. Yes. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, because I was wondering, I, I was like, I was thinking about it this morning when I was on my very long walk uh, about what about what we would talk about today. And I was like, okay, so where did that come from? It came from his agent. That's not great. When you have your agents coming out to the press and saying this, not a great look. I mean, uh, granted, we could see this coming from miles away. We knew this. You know, all Jake needed was to be sat one more time. But, you know, he also, he's not getting the job done. So it's like he's kind of brought this on himself. So that's one aspect of this. Uh, Yes, but like, I still, I still blame the team for not, for not getting it done when he's asking. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's honestly the only thing that I could rationally hold against the team on this one. Yep. Yep. Um, because the bottom line is honestly, they it's not. And I've seen seen people say, "Oh, Bruins mishandled him." Or like, no, they didn't. No, they gave yeah, him every they, shot. They gave him too much rope. Yeah, they have played him on every line. They played him left wing. They played him right wing. How much more? How much more do you want? They they you know he's been on the power play. He's been on the penalty kill. He's been in various spots on both power plays. Like, right. What, so what more could the team do? It There is a an obvious philosophical difference between Bruce Cassidy and Jake DeBrusque. Okay? Because Jake DeBrusque is not living up to his potential, and Bruce Cassidy is like, I don't know what more to do with this kid. Oh, now, and, and then there's, there's the no blame the there. There's, you know, there, there's blame on, on Jake there more so than, than Bruce Cassidy, because he's given him a lot of rope. And like, so I have a long record of being, you know, DeBrusque skeptic, uh, DeBrusque skeptic, right? 
But I should be to be quite clear. I don't dislike the player Jake DeBrusque. I don't dislike players that do literally nothing but score goals. The problem is, is if you only score goals, because again, there's nothing wrong with being that player. Look, I had, I would not complain about Mike Hoffman being on the team apart from the fact that he's Mike fucking Hoffman. Um, Fair. And his wife is poison. <laughs> yes. Um, but if you're not scoring goals, you got to be doing other shit. Right. And DeBrus doesn't. Basically ever. Jake, honestly, you're not talented enough to be a one-dimensional player. That's it. I mean, we're well into a third third consecutive season of him being too inconsistent for words, right? Right. And even that 27-goal season was really streaky. And, and, you know, here's the thing. Okay, every year it's a new excuse. Okay? So last year it was COVID. Oh, COVID. You know, he can't see anybody. He can't whatever. You know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, well, yeah. But now what about this season? He started out pretty well, and then he fell apart. Like I said, not talented enough to be one-dimensional because you're not doing it all the time. Uh, even David Pasternak does some defensive shit. Never going to put him on the penalty kill, but you know. Right. But like, Robert Pasternak also was an ex- is a half-decent playmaker. That's one thing DeBrusque has always been awful at. He's a terrible playmaker. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use... A line from Tyra Banks in America's Next Top Model. There was a season where she lost her shit because somebody accused her of not not wanting her to be in the competition anymore. We were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. Or I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. Jake, we were all doing that. We all wanted you to succeed. Your Your coaches wanted you to succeed. The management wanted you to succeed, and you didn't. So, yes, I agree. It's time. Find a new place. They can't just let you go because they want to get value out of you. So, great. You scored the game-winning goal last night. Keep doing that. Increase your value. You'll get out faster. Okay? Mm-hmm. As for... Okay, then there was the big controversy this week about Bruins fans booing him uh, at the the uh, Red Wings game. And then there's there's more controversy here. I, I want to talk about all this. I know you guys probably don't, but I do. I was not at that game, and I would not have booed him. Because what's the point of that? Okay? If a guy wants to go, he wants to go. Okay? Let him go. You don't, you need, you don't need to be a jackass about it. Well, he's still wearing the fucking spoked bee, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. Why would you root for him? You to only you only team? boo someone wearing your team sweater unless they like fucked up in a really colossal way that cost the team, that cost them the game. And even then, don't do it. Yeah, yeah. So I don't personally understand the booing. Uh, I don't engage in that. People have a right to do that, you know. But also, it's just kind of like this is the problem with the with the with free speech is that you have the right to do that. Um, but not everybody's going to be happy that you decided you wanted to boo this guy. Apparently, you know, Jack had set it up during the the uh, prelude to the game where he was talking about how Jake DeBrus wants a trade and how uh, he had X amount of people come up to him saying this guy's a no good bum because he wants to be out. And I'm like, no, that's not the case. He's not a no good bum. But um, yeah, it's time for him to go. 
It was time for him to go during the summer, and the team did nothing. I also don't think that him asking for the, a trade means that he hates Boston. No! I, he, he, it doesn't mean that he hates his teammates. It doesn't mean he hates the team. It's not working. And he think, he himself is aware enough to see that maybe a change of scenery will help my game. Well, there's this it. I mean, from, from, look from his perspective. He's looking and it's like, well, being in Boston is not working for me. It is going to tank my career. I have to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, players should always bet on themselves. Okay? So if that bet requires that you need to go to a new location, then there you go. That That's, that's it. Uh, we wanted him to succeed here. It's not ha- happening. You know, it's time for him to go. It's okay. Um, but you don't need to be a jackass about it. Don't say anything. Maybe if he scores, if you don't like that, don't cheer, don't boo, don't do whatever. I don't know. I, I just feel like we've made a, a big deal about this. And I think that we needed to talk about it. But I, I just, you know, let the kid move on. I hope this trade gets done quickly. I really do. I mean, like, if there's really as many teams interesting, interested as the media keeps saying, like, this could actually be, like, conceivably a significant win. Like, yeah. okay, you know, on the one hand, you get people saying, like, well, you're only going to get a player like him who needs to change the scenery. It's like, but if there's 12 teams interested, that's complete bullshit. If, there's 12, if there is really 12 teams interested, you're going to get, you're going to do better than that. Mm-hmm. What do you want back for him? So, I mean, my first preference would be a middle six center, preferably one um, that could that would bump Coil down a line, even though Coil has been actually just fine as second line center. Like, I can't complain. There's you a- know, Coil's he- quietly having a good season, mm-hmm. but it's not really translating so much to his wings for whatever reason. And the fact and the down ticket effects of having him that high in the lineup. Yeah. Um. Like you're not going to get Thomas Hurdle for DeBrusque without also sending out Studnicka in at first, right? I'm willing to have that conversation on the condition that they actually resign Hurdle. If it turns into a rental, that's fucked. But <laughs> this team can't be in the in the um, market for rentals right now. Agreed. Um, because it's like you're giving up too many assets for such a short term thing with no guarantee of resigning and. Uh, you know, this team's just not good enough right now for that. It's not. So, and I've seen some of the others, some that would probably be a one-for-one, like Dylan Strom, which I'm, everything I hear about that player sounds like he would be a, he he, he would spend even more time in Cassidy's doghouse than DeBrusque does. We don't need that. I mean, you try to circle around some other teams. I'm like, okay, well, you know, maybe just, uh, I mean, I've seen like a Ty Anderson suggest like, well, you know, Vancouver's terrible and there's been rumors around Brock Besser for how long. I'm like, okay, Besser would be great. End up with a natural right wing. That's a plus. That cap hit though. Oof. And he's an RFA after this year. Mm, and it's only going to go up. Ooh, and and- I don't know how much he really fixes the problems. Okay. Pushes Smith down to the third line. Felino to be pro- to his proper side. You still have Howla centering the third line, though. Or I suppose Howla over and center with Felino, but like I'm skeptical. I'm, I'm Nick Felino as, as a center, to be clear. Um, he can do it, but like you don't want him doing it for more than spot work. <laughs> I, I 
I feel like getting a center is much more important and you can get people to play wing. So when I was going with that, it's like, well, if you're kicking tires in Vancouver and that's a dumpster fire, <laughs> do you pay more and get like JT Miller? I have heard that he is rumored to be on the trading block. So, I mean, he's uh, ex-Bolts, right? And uh, Rag before that. He was. He went to the Bolts in the, in the McDonough trade. Mm, mm, okay. All right. Um, he's signed for this year and next at a pretty reasonable five and change. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather do that than Brock Besser, who only plays one I mean, he plays one position that we don't particularly need and he's already at 5.3 with being an rfa next season whereas yeah whereas miller's a known cost for this season and next plays the center which again you know having having some at least one season additional security at center would be nice given that the bad thing could happen and we had that we're not supposed to talk about <laughs> well you know the bad thing that we're not supposed to be talking about i keep looking at his body language and his face this season, and I, I can't help but think that we're going to have to address that at some point. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> That's all, because we're not, we do not talk about that. We do not talk about that until we have to. And then so it's going anyway, to be terrible. Miller would be a nice solution for that because it would provide something resembling competent security at that position, at least for another year. Yeah. He's old enough he's not a long-term solution, but he gets this year and next, right? You know what? I don't really want to think about anything beyond this year, typically, right now. I mean, so. I don't really think there's anything to think about beyond this year. This team is clearly built to have – I talked about this after uh, free agency. This team is built with a self-destruct button at next year's deadline. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of contracts ending in 2023. And honestly, quite and several more. They end only one year after. And like you know, guys with uh, guys that you get for two runs command a premium at the uh, at the deadline. And we have three defensemen who are affordable who expire at the end of twenty twenty five of the twenty three twenty four season. But we could have Captain Brad. No, I'm not talking about Brad. Brad's one of them. Brad's got more range on him than that. I know. Captain Brad will see us through the bad times. <laughs> <laughs> Even if he's like, like, alternate so captain. I think JT Brad. Miller is the most sensible solution here. Yeah. Whether yeah. he's available, whether he is in fact available or not, it's a different question, I suppose. But that's where I would like to see Sweeney pursuing. You, know, you wouldn't get him. You wouldn't get him for just for just DeBrusque. You're probably looking at DeBrusque in a first. But come on, it's old pal Jim Benning. Who's who you could talk, you could fool him into like, you know, putting a tennis racket and um, and an easel uh, in a, a uniform and you probably get a lot of return for that. <laughs> Truth. Truth. It's like, hey, look, I mean, <laughs> while your tongue was like, you know, so I got a whole bunch of bottom six forwards, you know, you interested? I know. Yeah, I know that's your thing, dude. <laughs> 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 I got this Chris Wagner. He's got no miles on him this year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this earlier, or maybe it was late last week, uh, um, in in Bobby DeBerge, we were talking about something, and and uh, and Ellen admitted that she did not know who Derek Forbert was, and I said, "Well, uh, he's tall, 
and he's a defenseman and he has three goals. Uh, maybe four. I could be wrong. But yeah, she's like, he's my favorite player. <laughs> I'm getting that former jersey right now. <laughs> so then my husband made fun of me because she was, uh, he showed a gift of me, uh, of, uh, you know, he's like, GH. And he shows this gift of like, look at that tall drink of water. And I'm like, I like what I like. <laughs> I mean, fun story about Derek Forward. He was actually selected with the Bruins' own pick in 2011. Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> okay, so twenty ten rather. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Jim Benning likes all bottom six people. He wants to have a a a, a uh, he wants to have a forward group of all bottom six and Bo Horvat. Okay, because um, he's captain. And if I constructed a team, it would be like twelve forwards who all play defense. And, are at and then least a bunch six of defensemen that don't cross their own blue line. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody is 6'4 and above. <laughs> and stays exclusively in the defensive zone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an NHL On the one team. hand, there's 2000 in hockey in 2002. On the other hand, there's VA's dream team. <laughs> the thing about these teams is nothing ever happens when either of them are on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> I did propose that Team Finland just just ice a group of goalies. That was how they were going to win Olympic gold. It was just going to be goalies everywhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sometimes it's really great in my brain. <laughs> now goalies everywhere are we talking like they're having full every position has full goalie gear yes okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyway <laughs> i um look i i like jake as a person a little less so as a player but I don't want him to, to fail. I want him to succeed. And if it's not going to be here, go succeed somewhere else. It's fine. But realize that if you're trying to, to build a career on streaky goal scoring, you can do it. But uh, you're going to be bounced around quite a bit. That's all. So it's just, it is a little sad to me. Uh, I know some people absolutely adore Jake DeBrusque and I feel bad for them. But, you know, I what can you do? He's got a find his way in this world so get it done sooner rather than later because we don't need all of this stuff now now we have to talk about the boston media oh boy i'm sorry you know i'm gonna do this it's okay. okay first of all the boston media has a reputation for really drumming people out of town uh you know, just being like, don't let the door hit you on the ass. And by the way, the teams also have this thing of this nasty habit of leaking terrible things about the, the player who, who leaves. You know, they'll say all sorts of bad things about them. So I seem to recall we managed to get hashtag Dougie smear campaign uh, trending some years ago before we realized that we were barking before we realized we were on the wrong side of that fight. <laughs> it took me a long time to realize I was on the bad it took side. took me but... even longer. It took me even longer, right? So... <laughs> I don't know. It took me like a full six years to realize like, oh, shit. I mean, I think actually it was finding out it was it was the Tory Krug contract. So it was maybe been five years 
the Tory crew crew I can't say words today. I'm wording very hard. Um Tory Krug contract talks informed how things went with Dougie to me. I might be the only person who thinks this, but it made me realize like, oh, we think that contract talks happen in good faith and I don't feel like they they did. Okay. Plus, I mean, Dougie Dougie strikes me as a really private person and some of his stuff was leaked, whether it was by Kelly Olenek <laughs> or by the team. Yeah. I, I'm not saying I love Dougie. Uh, and I, mean, I think he's definitely overpaid. The did wrong there. Like the entire concept of a marriage proposal contract is, is, is a bad way of doing business. What's a marriage because proposal? Okay. So basically this would be a uh, – it was a t- basically the, the team went in with a take it or leave it contract. Ah, okay, yeah. At least that's what I assume a marriage proposal contract would be. Yeah, and that's yeah. How the team described it, right? <laughs> well, I mean, that's essentially what they did with Tori Krug, right? Yeah, that's the exact same thing. I mean, it. You know, we have not heard Don Sweeney's side, and we never will. So we only have Tori Krug's, and I. He has no reason to lie. You know. I mean, he loved his time in Boston. He lives here in Boston in the off season, you know? So it's just like he just, you know, he chalks it up as business, but I don't feel like it was done in good faith. So there you go. Um, So yeah, that informed how they probably dealt with Dougie. So yeah, Dougie, Dougie didn't want to be here. Now, Dougie has burned his way through other franchises. So I don't know what that's about. Dougie just clearly has an expiry date. It's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, so we know that the Boston media can be, well, let's see, they can be a little vicious when they're given information. So Jake Dabrowski has opted not to talk to the media about his decision to want to be traded. He has not even come out and said, no, I don't really want to talk about it. Or this is all I want to say about it. So naturally the deflection goes to his teammates, you know, um, who will be asked those questions. And I have to also wonder, as a media person, when does it ever occur to you that maybe you just don't need to ask that question? I mean, Why given which, need... which media person we're talking about. Okay, so Joe Haggerty decided to pick a fight on Twitter this week because he was mad that some reporters' questions uh, were not being addressed to uh, by Jake DeBrusque. And it's come out other other pro-hockey writers in town have said, for the record, you know, I was one of the people who wanted to ask these questions and I was basically shut down by Jake DeBrusque and, you know, so, so on and so forth, right? But Hags deserves a lot of the brunt of negative attention here because he put this out there you know, he basically said, oh, it's on his teammates and that's not fair. That is and, what it know, is. He, he's right. I think he's right on the substance there. He but. is. He <laughs> is. But I also think that reporters need to think about like, OK, so if you put one question to one of his teammates and they say, you know what, that's Jake's thing. He's decided not to talk to you about it. And I don't really have anything to say about it. And then we nip it in the bud. We know that's not how media works. Um. Don't get me wrong. I'm not anti-media. I'm just saying that maybe you should think about you don't need to ask the teammates about this. Yeah, yeah maybe there's – and honestly, like I get I get wanting to tr- maybe 
dive deeper into wanting the trade. But what do you expect him to say? He's, he want he, yes, I asked for a trade. Yes, I want to leave. Like, I, like he's not going to tell you that he's having a terrible time. He's not going to tell you that he hates the franchise. He's not going to tell you that. Like, he's not going to tell you what you want to hear. So, like, nothing, nothing that he actually says is going to be good enough for said media people, regardless of what he says. It's always going to be the wrong thing. I mean, I think it would be professional for him to come out with a statement and then that's it. We're done with this this topic. Uh, but I also feel like uh, athletes are always put out in front of the media, whether they want to be there or not. You know, I mean, that's that's part of the cost of having the privilege of being a professional athlete. Is it? Do I really need to know what these people are thinking and saying, especially when they're going to say the exact same thing as the other person that they just talked to? I mean, really, the only responses that you're going to get different on that team are Patrice because he's the captain. Marshy, because he has a little more leeway with how he likes to say things. And Pasta, because what he says is usually just way the fuck out there. <laughs> I mean, like, maybe the, and that right there actually puts it in sort of context. Like, OK, DeBrusque is a weirdo who says weird things. Maybe he doesn't want to tell, respond to something to some, something serious because who knows what he'll actually fucking say. Maybe he recognizes that. <laughs> I mean, I also understand that it's like, okay, um, this is a new situation for him. And maybe he just doesn't feel like he can handle it professionally. In which case, it's like, well, do you force him to do it? And then that makes him look bad? Or do you just respect the wish that he doesn't want to do that? And also, don't barrage his, his teammates with these questions. You know, it's... You you make it you make it seem like it's unfair because you're barraging his teammates with these qu questions when you could just be like, do you have any comments on that? Oh, okay, let's move on. Yeah, yeah. The I think certain members of the media, and I would definitely include Joe Haggerty into this, are very entitled, and they think that it whatever question they ask should be answered in full. And they think they're entitled to any personal information on the player and what's going on. And how dare he turn down my request? That's what it seemed like Joe Haggerty was saying. How dare he do this? Like, and people were like, you know, you need to calm down. And I know this is maybe skipping ahead to what you wanted to say, but Jake DeBrusque's mom kind of came to his defense and she was like no you guys are the ones that are continually asking questions like you don't need to do that like and then he proceeded instead of being the better person which we clearly know he's not but instead of attempting to be the better person he came back at um Jake DeBrusque's mom and basically told her what her son needs to do and it came off really bad. Well, there's the thing. It's like, he, he was right, and then he did that. It's like, oh, fuck you, Hags. Like, honestly, fuck you. I mean, don't get me wrong. Jake's mom shouldn't have been there. Like, what the fuck was she doing? Right. But okay. Okay. Yeah. So so what what came down was that uh, Cindy DeBrus decided to go into Hags' uh, Twitter uh, feed and comment on something. I don't even remember what she said, but she was defending Jake. And then he starts off with the reply, Cindy, comma, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I felt the whole thing was incredibly uh, condescending 
First oh, of all, 100%, 100%. his attitude was very condescending. But also, Cindy, your boy, your your baby boy is 25 years old. He can fucking handle this situation on his own. Okay? He does not yep. need your help. He's a man. He can do this. All right? So I, I get it. She wants to defend him. And a lot of times moms want to do, you know, they want to fight for their kids. And it's like, oh, man, honey, don't, don't go to his level. Don't go to his level. This is a guy who no longer has any real job other than writing for a hockey blog behind a paywall that no one reads. Okay? With his pal Jimmy Murphy. Excuse me. They trade conspiracy theories all the time. No. Don't don't stoop to their like uh, their their levels. So yeah, so that sucked. That sucked this week. Yes, there's a whole lot that's wrong with this situation with regards to Jake DeBrusque and the press and all of that. Once Jake DeBrusque leaves, there's going to be a trail of stories by all of these these uh, media types that will just say all sorts of shitty things about Jake DeBrusque. Not everybody. Because I feel like there are lots of people who are like, there's no dog in my, I don't have a dog in this fight. Give him the space that he needs. I don't really need that, his perspective on this that badly. But there are going to be plenty of people who are just going to just write shit about him. So, And part of it is the media, a lot of the media people take, they take, and I think fans did, and I think this is part of why the fans booed. They take Jake DeBrusque wanting to be traded. They take Jake DeBrusque not answering questions personally. Mm-hmm. And it's not. Like, you have to throw that out because it's not personal for you, media member. It's not a personal vendetta against you. It's not a fan. It's not a personal vendetta against you that Jake DeBrusque wants out. It's totally for his own mental state and his own peace of mind. Yeah, I mean, some fans have a parasocial uh, relationship with with uh, players, like they feel like they're buddies or something. And this definitely feels like he is rejecting us as fans. He's rejecting the team. He's rejecting the city. He's rejecting. No, he's not. He's just trying to look for another opportunity to play somewhere else. It's where he can find his game. That's all. That's all. You don't have to read any more into it. You know, he... He has squandered all of his chances here. It's not going to be a good time for him. You know, I was surprised when they signed him for what they signed him. I was surprised that he didn't get traded this summer. Uh, and who knows how long ago he, he asked for a trade. Was it the summer? Do we know that? Do, do we know that he asked before and or he ju- and they just let him uh, let it slip into the media now? Well, it's it sounds like he wanted the way I heard it phrased is he's been thinking this way for some time. So if that's the case and the team um, didn't trade him when he initially asks, when he tried to do everything in private, that when everyone expected him to be traded as well, at the, like that's on the team. And that part of it is kind of, I blame the team for not, if that's the case, I blame the team for not trading him when he initially asks and letting it get to this point because they could have been all avoided. You know, you know this brings up a, a similar situation uh, with another 2015 round, uh, a, a 2015 draft pick by the Bruins. 
We were talking about Jesse Gabrielle. I think we were just talking about him like before a show once. Uh, we were talking about what happened to him and everything. Uh, and one of the things that I had heard was that he had told Don Sweeney that he wanted a trade because he was not getting any playing time uh, with the Bruins and he was getting less and less playing time with the, uh, the P Bruins. Um, now it could not possibly have been a work ethic issue, right? Wink. Um, but Don Sweeney came back to him when he said he wanted to be traded and said, Oh, well then you better play better when you're given the opportunities because I'm not just giving you away for nothing. Well, we all know how that turned out. His contract got terminated. So, uh, and Jesse Gabrielle, who knows where he is now? It's not, it's nowhere great. Um, Last I heard, it was a men's senior league in Saskatchewan. Yep. Which is, yep. Uh, which is um, not pro. That's um, uh, men's senior is, 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 is uh, uh, that, that's, that's a glorified beer league. Yeah. I think it was Dom Tiano who was like, yeah, I saw him in Toronto, uh, you know, after he got drafted and he just had way too much ego because uh, he thought he was better than other players who were drafted like, you know, top of the, the first round. So which makes all the various Bruins writers that wrote about in that season in uh, which year was it? They were talking about him as a dark horse to make the team in camp. And then like he ended up getting sent back to, to juniors as an overager, which is a big fucking red flag because drafted players do not go back to juniors in their 20 or 21 season. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so my point is is that, you know, Don Sweeney doesn't – it's not that he doesn't respond to trade requests. He wants the team uh, – he wants it to make it better for the team. So make it worth the team's time to trade you. Well, and here's the thing about this and why some people think that early screening that Sweeney's going to fuck this up. But, like, how many trades has Sweeney actually fucked up? Well, yeah. Hamilton. It's really the only like one that really jumps off the page. There were some other traits he shouldn't have made, but they were fair value. Stempniak, Lyles. But like he didn't overpay on either count. And then there's the Nash fiasco, but like you couldn't expect that. Likewise, the Kasha fiasco, but you couldn't expect. Well, you maybe could have expected that one because Kasha had a history of being broken. But yeah, the other thing about Sweeney is he seems to know when to cut bait. Yep. No, I suspect he's waited too long, but then again, we're hearing that there's this uh, X number of teams interested, so maybe not. The bottom line is, like, you look at his very and – like, and, I, and I even saw Ty Anderson write an article about how Sweeney fucks this up again and again. It's like, does he, though? He got great value for for, 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 for Ryan Donato. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nick Ritchie was better for Boston than Heinen was for Anaheim. Oh my god, yeah, that was bad. And he managed to turn Bjork, who's of suspect, at this point it's suspect whether he's an NHLer at all, he managed to be the centerpiece to bring Hall to town. <laughs> like, Sweeney's got a very good track record of getting out from underneath, moving for value, these uh, prospects that are, that are clearly in the process of flaming out. Yeah. It's not a great look that the, the agent put this out. Yes. So I mean, he should have just, I understand why he was trying to get more value or just get it to turn it around and decide he liked it. But to me, he shouldn't have 
shouldn't have held out. He should have used him in the summer to get to to address the center position. I, I think at this point we can say we should be happy he didn't use him to get Dvorak. Dvorak has been garbage in Montreal. But but how much of that is just being in Montreal? I mean, Dvorak's performance is more or less in line with Dvorak every year. So, like, Dvorak just isn't a top six center. Oh man. Will there be anybody out there who will save us? No. <laughs> again, again, JT Miller or busts, although I wouldn't say no to Hurdle on the condition that you plan on signing him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, well, Fenway Sports Group just bought the Penguins, so maybe we're going to get Sidney Crosby. I kid, I kid. Those the the articles that came after that were cringy, and I was so, just kidding. Dumb. Oh, and the individual that wrote some of them, like, then, like, acted all incredulous that people would say that's fucking stupid. Because, of course, the individual was hags. (laughs) 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 At least, at least with his Twitter handle, he doesn't hide who he is. He's 110% a hag. I was going to say, there's one thing, and I'm guilty of it too. I don't really know why anyone gets incensed when hags does hag things because he's, he wears on his sleeve what he is. Yeah. Like it is an impressive, impressive troll job. To be perfectly honest. <laughs> oh God. Okay. There's a lot that's really dumb with all of that, and it's actually a waste of our time to unpack that. So, okay, why, why did the penguins go up for sale? Is it because of the, the lawsuit that happened? No, I mean, I mean, so. It doesn't sound kind of say so. For one thing, Mario doesn't actually have money. Oh, Mario's ownership stake was in lieu of a massive amount of money he was owed. Oh, so he wanted to cash in. Almost certainly, yes. Okay, all right. Which is yeah, yeah. And and Fenway's been trying to buy hockey teams for a bit because apparently they, you know, made some unsolicited um, uh, tire kicks on, on Maple Leaf sports and entertainment, which apparently would have been an issue unless Maple Leaf sports entertainment sold at stake in the Jays first. Oh Uh, yeah. Cause 'cause, the Red Sox. Yeah. I wish they would stop buying teams. <laughs> There's so many. They have so much. Like, I mean, I wonder. I also wondered. It didn't come up. It's like, did they ever approach Delaware North about the, the about for the Bruins? And like, if so, and if not, and if not, and if not, why not? <laughs> I mean, Delaware North could still have all of the massive concession contracts that they have everywhere. You oh, know? exactly. Considering how long they've owned the Bruins. Yep. The, the amount they'd make on that sale compared to what they paid for him in the 70s would probably be astronomical. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they... Fenway Sports Group annoys me because not only do they keep buying teams, they keep lowering the Red Sox payroll year by year, which is annoying to me because I want them to spend more money and win. But also, LeBron James is like a major part of Fenway Sports Group. And is now technically part owner of the Penguins, as he is with the Red Sox and Liverpool. I mean, so. I know that they buy these teams because it's a business opportunity. I wish more people would be like Robert Kraft in the respect of 
he bought the New England Patriots because he loved the New England Patriots. Okay. Yes, it's a massive money-making thing. He has made that team in. My counterpoint this... would be that sometimes when you go that route, you get the Pegulas or Pegulas. Okay. Yeah. And uh, like, like I mean, I laugh at Buffalo, but I wouldn't wish that on any fan base, up to and including Buffalo. <laughs> that, that's 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 fair. Yeah, I because the hen. I'm pretty sure John Henry and at all before they bought the Red Sox, they had owned uh, the Florida Marlins. Sold the Marlins, um, bought the Red Sox, and here we are. And they well, they're they're going to make more money on the Red Sox. Honestly, that's a phenomenon that I don't understand. Is a team is a, is an owner selling a team and then immediately buying another one? For example, um, uh, Craig Leopold, the owner of the Wild, was the owner of the Preds, sold them, and then immediately applied for a expansion franchise. Um, or when. When the North Stars moved, of course, they um uh, the, the the Guns sold the North Stars to Ted Green, who then moved them to to Dallas. But the Guns then got an expansion franchise in San Jose. They since sold it, of course, because uh, the owner now is Hasso Platner. But uh, um, which does not sound like a real name. That sounds like a Star Wars name. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just saying that you know. I... I think that's one of the things that that's, that the New England Patriots are really spoiled by. They have a businessman who's a successful businessman who knows that when he buys a team that he loves, he puts people who know how to do the things in position to do the things, right? Uh, you like Belichick or not, he, he has been running the show for 20-something years now, and they've had a lot of success, okay? So basically... Um, you know, and I even have my issues with Belichick at times, but I, and I don't really like his political stances. But this is another thing. My my point is is that I wish more owners would genuinely love the teams that they buy, just love them. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, I'd agree like with that. Adelie, Eddie DeBartolo loved the San Francisco 49ers. He loved that team. He loved those guys like they were his brothers. And then eventually, like, they were his sons. So it's like, I just, I want, I want people who really want to be in there and who also have the knowledge enough to put the right people in charge. Okay? So, yeah. I'd, I'd agree with that because, like, you cannot convince me that John Henry loves the Penguins, loves the Red Sox, or loves Liverpool. You can't you convince me that Jeremy Jacobs loves the Bruins. Jeremy Jacobs doesn't even know who's under contract with the Bruins. Jeremy Jacobs walked out during Game 7 against Toronto in, 20, in 2013. Mm. I think Charlie that's, Jacobs is a little bit different, but Jacob uh, Jeremy is, yeah. Again, yeah. like that, that's, that's the one that tells you right there. It's like, okay, you know, I mean, there's crazy owners and then there's indifferent owners. I think I... Part of me would like to say I'd almost prefer a Melnick over a Jacobs, but then I think, but then I look at the Senators and realize that no, I don't mean that whatsoever. Okay, oh dear Lord, no. <laughs> no, I, I really think that Rob uh, uh, Robert Kraft is the gold standard here with with regards to ownership. Mark um, Cuban, he loves the freaking Mavericks. Yeah, all right, Mark Cuban. You know, he, he, you may not like him for other stuff, but like he he puts his heart and soul into the Mavericks and absolutely bleeds Dallas Mavericks basketball. I, I'm i actually pretty neutral on Mark Cuban. I'm, I'm neither 
pro nor against him. So I find uh, that people yeah. really either really hate him or really like him. I, I, I see the kind of people that hate Mark Cuban. And so I assume that I probably should like this guy. i I like him i think in fact there's a lot of the time there's a lot of situations where i can judge whether where someone i don't have an opinion on it's like hmm these people hate him huh okay he must be pretty all right (laughs) i can buy that i i I would buy that 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 seems like something yeah that i would do for sure but uh anyway look the jake debrusque situation is simple in some ways and complex in others and I guess we have to weather this storm and hope that Don Sweeney gets something good for Jake DeBrusque and doesn't let this linger for too, too long. Because I don't want to go beyond December wondering, you know, what's going on with that. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it's done quickly. And I hope wherever Jake goes. Friedman thinks it happens before the Christmas um, uh, roster freeze. Oh, I hope so. Me too. I hope so, too. Yeah, let give Jake somewhere. Uh, give Jake to a good home, and pr- give us something back that's good. That's all. Actually, that's the only reason why I'd kind of hate trading with Vancouver is I'd feel so bad for Jake going to Vancouver because it's Vancouver, and they're awful. I want him to be successful somewhere like nice. Yeah, well, you know what? It could be worse. He could go to the Habs. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> we didn't even get into the Habs thing. Uh, in a nutshell, Mark Bergevin was fired, but it looked like he didn't really care. He's going through a midlife crisis. He really is. Oh, yeah. And uh, and I don't care. I'm not here for it. I don't give a shit. Um, and so, you know, the, the owner of the team, before he fired him, thought, hey, you know what? Maybe I should have a president of... Uh, or vice president of hockey operations. You know, that's what th- what teams do. I just wanted to call myself the president of everything. And then nothing is right because, you know, the, basically Bergevin, the GM, had too much tr- power. So then he t- he asked for permission from the, the uh, New York Rangers to talk to Jeff Gordon, talk to him, hired him as the vice president of hockey ops, and then they fired Mark Bergevin. Now this, of course... This came just after that bit of um, uh, of intrigue around Scott Mellenby. Oh, yes, that's right. Who was um, one of Bergevin's underlings who was in conversations with Molson to become VP. To, to become VP. Couldn't become GM because he doesn't speak French. Mm-hmm. And then Molson decides to go a different direction. So Mellenby quit the day before Gorton was hired because there was no future for him. With, with, the, with the franchise because it's like well if i'm not going to be vp i'm definitely not going to end up being gm so i'm out of here yeah good also good saved me dignity along with all the others of getting fired yeah good no i think he made the right decision good for him i'm uh, also sad they hired jeff gorton because i like jeff gorton Oh I mean, yeah, it's Jeff Gordon, not Jeff Gordon Jr. I'm very yeah. confused. Anyway, go ahead. But like, yeah, like you know, he's he's more responsible, more essential to the Bruin, what the Bruins have been for the last 15 years than either Shirelli or Sweeney. Yeah, I was part of me hoped that he that if Sweeney's axe was uh, given to the axe was given to Sweeney in the next year or two, that Gordon would be the one to replace him, but. That's I think not going to happen. I think he wanted to shoot higher. 
he could have. But had anyway, yeah, I mean, this will be interesting though because, like, again, so his consensus seems to be he's basically going to run the show. Whoever they hire for GM will be a puppet, a French-speaking puppet. Um, which is hilarious that Patrick Waugh allegedly wants the jobs. Like, he's not going to fucking hire you, dude. You are le- anywhere, let alone in Montreal. If you want to hire someone to be a puppet, it's not you. I heard that when the media addressed this report to him, he's like, I've heard of him. Yeah, that's it. I shared that in the chat thread. That's oh, yeah, that's right. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. hilarious. That's the <laughs> best response. I mean, this is why Danny, this is by one of the other names talked about a lot. It's Danny Briere. Maybe ah! looking from the presidency of the Maine Mariners. Oh, I like Danny. So basically, D. though, he would be a true puppet. This would it was what he would be. Just a just a just a French speaking front man. Well, okay. You know what? Can't be any worse for the Habs. I don't. I don't want them to succeed. I don't care. <laughs> no, I don't want them to succeed at all. I'm I, I want them to have a good see- enough team. Um, that, you know, they give the Bruins those fun games, but then I also (laughs) don't mind. I said in the beginning of the show, kicking the halves when they're down is fun too. (laughs) Honestly, it's more fun because like, then, you know, you're reasonably confident how those games are going to end up. So you just get to focus on the chaos without a concern about the final outcome. That's fair too. (laughs) I'm just more or less, I, I think Gordon's a, a competent hire, and that sucks. <laughs> yeah, I really loved the Bergevin, like you know, midlife crisis uh, uh, handling of everything. Um, but anyway, you know, the owner. One of the things that I saw cited is the owner saying, "Hey, maybe I should really hire a, a president of hockey ops." Is that he's on the hook for that whole Logan Melu, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, draft basically. That that decision tacitly became his. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and, it, it did. and that's not a good look. Nobody liked that. Uh, so I saw one suggestion that maybe we'll see them renounce the pick in the near future. I'm like, honestly, like I don't really expect that to happen. <laughs> no, no. But you know, uh, au revoir, Mark Bergevin. That's it. Um. All right, so why don't we talk about the schedule that's coming up in the next, uh, I guess, couple of weeks, right? So, uh, yeah. So, um, okay, today, of course, is December 3rd. Smarting tomorrow, it's Saturday, December 4th, is um, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time at the Garden against Tampa. Ooh. Um, A Tampa that doesn't have either Kucherov or Point. Ooh. I'm sticking out of the Discord tomorrow. I I actually have a pride game to go to tomorrow night, so I'll have to catch a replay. Um, because the pride are playing against somebody tomorrow night. So anyway, that's the last Brad Marchand free game. Yes. Um, and then three days off, and then get back at it next Wednesday, December eighth, in Vancouver, nine p.m. Eastern time. Oof. Followed by a. Uh, so it's a, it's a, I mean, it's a 10 p.m. Atlantic on a, on a school night. I will not be watching this game. So that's a uh, nope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, followed by the next night, 9 p.m. Eastern at Edmonton. Oh, that's another nope for you. Yeah. And then day off and then ele- on the 11th, 10 p.m. Eastern at Calgary on Saturday. That's a Saturday, hypothetically watchable, but like that's an 11 p.m. start. 11 p.m.? For me, it's a 10, oh, 10 that's Eastern. Right. 
Yeah, but still, I can't even fathom the idea of 11 p.m. start, you know? Well, it's just, that's a game that's over at 2. Yeah. That's like your whole day is ruined. So, no. Uh, yeah, Who was that know. against? Calgary? Ugh. Yeah. Do you want to, see to watch the Bruins one game get... against that? It was not a pleasant experience. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think that anybody wants to watch the Bruins get beat by Calgary again. So, I mean, if you do, good, you know, good on you. I mean, you. like, yes, like, the, like Goudreau and uh, Mangiapane are, like, scoring all the goals. But, like, other than that, it's still Daryl Sutter hockey. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that the hockey world had said enough of Daryl Sutter, but nope, he's back. No, no, evidently not. Um, okay, then two days off, back to the Garden, 7 p.m. Eastern time on the 14th against Vegas. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah right. Um, and then on the 16th, the Bruins' first game at the new uh, at the new arena in Belmont. Oh against no! The Islanders. Well, I mean, actually, the Islanders are not doing very well this season. No, no, the Islanders, have, after their long road trip ended, have continued to suck. Ooh, so that might be a fun game to watch. <laughs> Part of it's apparently, and I haven't watched the Islanders games because fuck those guys. It's apparently, you know, they went out and signed Zanatar, and Zanatar looks absolutely fucking washed, from what I understand. Oh. Like Man. yeah, that, you know what? When you're playing in your forties, that's a risk you, you risk you make, and he fucked up. You like you don't. You don't want to stick around so you have a season that you look like that. You gotta, you gotta go out when you're still on on a high like Lindstrom and and Selene and uh, and Recky did, right? Right, <laughs> right. Oh man, I don't want to watch uh, washed up Zdeno Chara, but I want to see Zdeno Chara. It's a conundrum. Also, like it just seems like the Isles are where. Um, defensemen from the 2011 cup team go to die. Mm. Oh yeah. Zeidenberg and, and, and Boychuk. Boychuk. <sighs> I have a new yeah. favorite German defenseman. He does not play on our team and he is very, very young. His name is Moritz Seider. Uh... He is <laughs> from Germany. He is six foot four. And he wore a bow tie when he got drafted. But he's also not even kind of your style of defenseman. That's okay. I'm willing to. <laughs> I'm willing to make exceptions. He is tall. He is tall. What more do you need to know? I mean, he skates out of his own zone, though. <laughs> I, I, but <laughs> okay, so he would not be on my team. But. <laughs> told you it was a new german favorite defenseman i'm sorry the new germans that come out of the the the, the germans that are making the league now can play hockey can you did you know that yeah. like yeah, I saw something there that, that two of the the um, higher um uh um regarded um, uh, um uh, german prospects um uh, jj paterka and uh and lucas reichel will not be joining even though they're both eligible will not be joining the german team for world juniors because they're both in the ahl and apparently neither their parent clubs will let them go oh oh that's that's a bit sad so those are buffalo and in chicago incidentally that are that are being mean oh and i i think you and i were talking about lucas raymond the other week right uh, here's the deal his dad is french Oh, so he's Lucas Ramon. Yes, he's <laughs> Lucas Ramon. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I looked that up. And his his mom has wicked curly hair. I've never seen a Swedish person with really, really curly hair. So it's it's very strange to me. So um, so there you go. He's got, th- that that is Lucas Ramon. 
Uh, anyway, and every time they say his name, I just cringe. Anyway, okay, go ahead. Yes. Anyway, two last two games in the next two weeks would be the 18th Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern time at Bell Center against oh. the Pats. <laughs> Followed by a less than 24-hour with travel back-to-back, but it's against Ottawa. And so it's, A, two hours away by, by car, and B, Ottawa. <laughs> they might take the train. They've done that in the past. So, um, okay, yeah, so... And it's 5 p.m. on Sunday the 19th. Wow, you're right. There are a lot of games here that it's like, ugh. I mean, I would say that we would definitely watch the Bolts game, but everything else we've just put up to everybody else to figure it out. Uh, except for the Western Canada trip. We can't watch that. Yeah, I mean, and we can't talk Isle, about and it. I, and I believe the Isles are on our blacklist. Oh, yes. Yes, they As are. Not, uh, so basically it's... Um, the Habs. So it's yeah, Habs, I mean, Habs, Bolts, and Vegas are the options. Oh, okay, all right. Well, we and I know put... we said Habs and Bolts were both must watches, but like, does that mean we're going to deliberately not talk about Vegas? That seems unfortunate. <laughs> I think we'll put it to vote. We'll put it to vote that we'll, uh, you know, you can choose from Vegas or the Habs. Um, we've seen a Habs game already. We've kicked them while they were down. It's always fun to kick them when they're down, but Vegas. It's a fun watch. They're they're a they're a an explosive team at times. When unless he comes back, doesn't come back till the playoffs, they're going to have to blow themselves up to be able to actually roster Eichel. Like you know, they'll have to, they're going to have to like they're going to have to like basically sell Riley Smith and uh, Braden McNabb probably just to create space. Both are expiring contracts, is why. <laughs> But I will tell you one thing. He is on the ice, man. He has skated, started skating. He's only three weeks removed from. <sighs> See, that's great to hear because like maybe he gets better in time to be able to like play for Team USA at the Olympics because like this uh, is supposed to be a really good U.S. team. Without Eichel, it's not even going to like be able to bang against Toronto, against Canada, though. No, but um, the entire notion was that they were going to be able to roll Eichel, Matthews, um, uh, Larkin, Hughes down the center or something like that, right? <laughs> reportedly, it's still a three-month time, but he's skating at three weeks, so don't know. I, I mean, mean I, that's, that, that leaves the Olympics as possible. <laughs> I I think he got the right surgery for him, and I think well, he was right to do everything that like he did. Today, Brisson lined it up so Tyler Johnson's getting the same thing now. Oh, so, okay. Like that, it's a they, they, it's, things are changing. Yeah. Look, you know what? It's not a riskier procedure, really. It's it's just the procedure that hasn't been done. Yeah. Okay. And it's better overall for the player. And I think players have to think about themselves. They have to think about what's going to be better for them. 10 years, 20 years, 30, 40 years down the line. And you know what? That's what players should do. And we should support that. Okay? Mm-hmm. Because I am so tired of teams treating people, treating players like meat. Okay? And that is what is done in every sport. That is, they're just a commodity that can be traded back and forth and treated like meat. Yes, they get paid very well if they're lucky. But in college sports, they're not that lucky and they're still treated like meat. So it's like, to me, 
I, I, it's one of the many problems I have with sports, which I'm not going to continue on with this this idea right now. That's another discussion that we can have for another time. But I think that players have to look out for themselves because nobody else is. Uh, yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up. I mean, we're all pretty done. Huh? Okay. I, wow, I just cannot put words together that make sense when coming out of my mouth. Typing words today, totally fine. Misspells everything. It's fine. Whatever. You all know what I'm saying. But out of my mouth today, I just can't at all. Anyway, listeners, you've been listening to Barely on Topic. You can find us wherever your favorite podcasts are found. That is to say, everywhere. Um. <laughs> You can talk to you can talk to us on uh, Facebook. We're at Barely on Topic Podcast, and on Twitter we're at Barely on Topic. And of course, there are individual Twitter accounts. I, for one, am at Doctor Hengrenade. I am at Tim A. Richardson, and I am at Jeff. Still wants to trade Bruce Cassidy, and why is that voice coming back at me? Dot com. Also known as at Word Salad. <laughs>